Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. And now, here's your host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. Welcome back to another edition of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. My name is Mark Friedman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marion Gilman, today. How are you, Marion? I'm great. How are you, Mark? Good. It's, it seems like forever since I've been sitting in front of this microphone. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you were away last week. I was away the week before, so it's been a couple weeks it since is. we've actually been here together. Yep. It's nice to be back. And, you know, what's kind of interesting over the past two weeks while we were gone, um, while you were away, the market went down. Yeah, so that means I have to stay in the office more? I hope uh, not. I don't know, because when, when I was away last week, all the market did was go up. Yeah, so you're going to stay away, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know about that, because I think we've all learned that markets go up and markets go down. And and it happens over and over and over again. Yeah, this is nothing new, is it? It really isn't. So, it, you know, it's uh, it's amazing, because everybody says this time is different, but you know what? It's not. It's it's really not. And I always find it interesting when markets get volatile. And volatile means, well, volatile should mean up and down. But usually when you use the term volatile, it just means down. Because it, because on the upside, nobody cares nobody about the volatility. About <laughs> They're thrilled about the volatility. Right. But, but the market has been volatile. It's been yes. both up and down and up and down. And frankly, if you look at the performance of the major indexes for the year, they're, they're actually great. up, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, the major indexes are great. You know, we actually had um, another huge downturn in bonds over a couple week time period there two weeks ago. And the interest rates just shot up because they thought the Federal Reserve was going to raise interest rates again. I mean, there's all, all these little factors, all these rumors and you know, it's always, oh my God, sell on the, you know, sell on the rumor, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about this and that. It never happened. Interest rates went back down. Bonds are actually doing quite well. So both stocks and bonds right now are up for the year. Absolutely. I mean, yes, the NASDAQ as an index has performed better than has the S&P 500, as has the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Right. And, and it's only right because last year... The NASDAQ performed most poorly of all the indices. Yeah, but it's interesting, Marion. Maybe you can help our listeners understand what is it that is causing the NASDAQ to do so well or do so poorly? Well, those are the the big tech stocks. So, you know, there are seven tech stocks that have been driving the market. And they're all names you know. And that's not for the past 30 years. It's for the past probably 24 months. Exactly. And so in 2021, those were the stocks that had the huge run-up. I mean, we had Apple and Google and Facebook and... Um, and Netflix and, and... NVIDIA. NVIDIA, right. Yeah. NVIDIA is the new one to the game this year, but Nvidia Tesla was is, part of it, you know, the Tesla's year before. Tesla part of it, yes. So those stocks just had a huge run-up because they were going to the moon. They were never going to slow down their growth. Of course, that's not what happens. That was the perception of what people thought that, that it was going to go to the, the moon, perception, right? right? So then, in 2022, a little reality set in, and those stocks cratered. So they were down. Some of them, 
50, 60, 70 percent. I yeah. mean, it was horrifying. I mean, stocks can actually move like that. That's and what they, they do. And, and certainly technology stocks are uh, certainly stocks that are focused with a growth objective can perform extraordinarily well in a given year or week or month or quarter. And they can also perform extraordinarily poorly. That's right. And what you want to remember is, again, if it's a good, solid, quality company, you know, yes, sometimes people get caught up in the euphoria and they keep buying and buying and buying. On the way down, same thing happens. They get caught up in all the negative news and they sell and sell and sell. But at a certain point, it evens out. Nothing, you know, it doesn't go down consistently. They don't, stocks don't go down consistently. They don't go up consistently. Yeah. It will right itself. And when we're buying investments for our clients, and we do buy investments for our clients, we're buying them for the long run. That's right. And we do not focus on year-to-year volatility or, or market movement like that because we look at a five, 10-year horizon. And over that time period, it's very f- typical, and in virtually all cases, stocks have outperformed bonds and ca- certainly outperformed cash as well. Absolutely. I mean, think about, I mean, right now, the, the search engine that we all generally use is Google. Yes. Okay. When Google first came out, do you think there were other competing search engines that were out there? In fact, there were, weren't there? There were. There still are. Right. Who goes to Yahoo these days? Yeah, nobody. Who goes <laughs> to Ask Jeeves? Oh my gosh, that's a blast from the past. Right. But those were your competing sure. com- competing search engines, right? Right, right? And how, I mean, and those stocks would wobble. They'd go way up, they'd go way down. Wait. So who is going to decide which is the right one to own? That's, and not us, because that is not what we do. Absolutely. You know, we don't have expertise in one particular sector of the market. And, you know, the, the, um, the analysts who work for large companies, large corporations, those who um, manage the mutual funds, those analysts spend 100% of their working hours maybe following four companies, you know, in an industry. Right. So, yet, and they know everything about them. Yet we seem to think we're smarter than them because we heard Kramer say oh, we on CNN. No, not we, but I'm saying we as <laughs> we the general public. Kramer said, and because of that one soundbite and that one piece of information, that we are smarter than the people that are following these stocks on a 24-7 basis. And that is why. That's an impossibility. It, absolutely. Frankly, that's why anybody, as far as I'm concerned, that is buying individual stocks for you, is not being able to pay attention to everything else in your life. Look, if you just want to buy, if you want to work with somebody who just buys individual stocks, a stock picker, great. But if someone says to you that they are your financial planner and they can also pick stocks better than anybody else, you're getting sold a bill of goods. That's for sure. That's for sure. Because remember, there's so much to a financial plan. Um, you know, but the other thing is what we look at also is we want a portfolio that you can tolerate risk-wise for 10, 15, 20 years. So that's why, you know, we don't focus, if we buy one particular stock and it's, you know, so variable up and down and up and down and your portfolio is moving all over the place, you're not going to be comfortable with that. 
you know, it, most people get very nervous about having a portfolio that jumps up 25% in one year and then down 35% the following year. Absolutely. And usually that is uh, driven by the fact that there was an individual stock or two that overperformed or underperformed right. in that scenario. So when we're building portfolios for our clients, frankly, Marion, what, what are we using as, uh, for our portfolio? We're using um, exchange-traded funds, which are low-cost, professionally-managed funds, or we're using actively-managed mutual funds, um, and, and um, we're using actively-managed bond funds as well. We don't pick individual securities. And we're also using index funds, too, as part of yes, our yeah. strategy. I mean, yeah, exchange-traded funds can be both index funds, and correct. sometimes they're not. Yeah. We typically use the index funds as an exchange-traded fund. But, but yeah. think about this. I, like I, I tell people all the time, a mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund is a collection of stocks. It's not that right. you're not in the stock. In fact, many people will say, Mark, I want to buy Tesla, or I want to buy Apple or Disney or whatever the stock might be that they might throw at us. And we say... You already own it, and and they go. What do you mean by that, Mary? Mary what do they mean by what do we mean by that? When so, we say for instance, those stocks that you just mentioned, Google, Tesla, um, they would all be in a large growth, whether it's a large growth stock index or a large growth mutual fund that's actively managed. Most likely, they hold those two stocks along with Amazon and Apple and, and Meta a whole bunch and, of others. Yes, exactly, and a whole bunch of others, but. But what's interesting is you can, whether you go to Morningstar, you go to Yahoo Finance, you go to Google Finance, whatever, you can drill into any mutual fund and you'll see a list of the stocks that are in the portfolio. Now, people will say, well, I may not want that stock or I like that stock, but how much say does someone have in dictating what stocks should be in a portfolio? They have no say in that. Um, so you either find a manager that is following certain criteria that you agree with. And that's very difficult to do um, because you know most most mutual fund managers they go for the return, not necessarily for the social factors. Right. So if you are driven by certain social factors, um, that's a that's a much more difficult way to invest. But the other thing that's interesting with a mutual fund when you go to Morningstar or one of these other research companies, and you take a look at the portfolio holdings, what's the likelihood that the fifteen or twenty top holdings that are shown on that statement are actually the same 20 holdings that exist today. Yeah, probably um, not very likely. Why is that? Because they only have to report uh, a certain number of times over the course of the year. I think it's like quarterly, quarterly or something. Quarterly. I think a lot of them do report more frequently, but they don't have to. And they certainly don't have to report the percentages. So although a stock might still appear in the portfolio, um, it could be a much smaller percentage because they don't have as much confidence in it. And, you know, that's happened. Um, we've had clients that have have looked at mutual funds and they've, they've um, and some mutual fund manager was touting a stock, a particular stock, and they've invested in that because they said, oh, well, this guy knows what he's doing. And turns out, you know, two years later, the stock has done really poorly. The mutual fund manager got rid of it, you know, 10 days after this, the, somebody had bought it, but they don't announce that. Right. They're not going to tell anyone. Right. And I think you're referring to a story that we were at um, a couple of years ago. We were at a conference and this conference is a shareholder conference. And you right. and I were shareholders of this mutual fund. And there were thousands of other people sitting in the auditorium and they allow shareholders to ask, ask questions. questions. And this person stands up and he's talking to the portfolio manager and he says, last year, 
when I was at this conference, you had the CEO of this company make a presentation talking about the virtues of what this company could do, this individual stock right. could do, and, and what its prospects were and what its future was and all that. And I got so excited as an individual investor, hearing from the CEO, knowing it was in your portfolio, I went out and put my hard-earned money into buying that stock rather than buying the mutual fund that might have held the stock. Right. And he says, and so here I am a year later, and I don't hear you talking about this stock, and I'm disappointed because I lost a lot of money in that stock. And the portfolio manager said, it is not our duty to let everybody know when we buy or sell a stock. You're giving us that discretion. That's right. And that's the important factor is they're watching every single little detail about these companies. And that can change on a dime. I mean, look at, you know, look at the price of oil over the past year. Right. Look what's gone on with oil companies. So that changed dramatically in one year time frame. So whether the companies want to own this oil company or that oil company or you know whatever, but that happens with every individual stock. Yeah, so even speaking, let's talk about oil companies for a minute. As an example, how many oil companies are out there? Oh, I, but I don't even know. Yeah, right, there's tons lot. of them, right? Yeah. So would you rather decide whether Chevron or Mobil or Domin uh, Dominion Energy or whatever the name of the oil companies might be, are you about ready to buy that one? Not not a chance. And I mean, we're not going to do that for you? Absolutely not. I mean, the only people that will do that with any confidence are those that work for the company. So we've had, but then again, look at the people with, that worked for GE. Right. You know? Or, or Enron or Kodak or Polaroid or any of these big name companies that have, you know, they just, they held their... Uh, they held their loyalty to this company because That's they right. said, I can't sell the company. I, I work right. for them. And and But the other thing is, is let's also talk about this. How many people do we run into, Marion, that will say, I work for this publicly traded company. I own a bunch of stock. I know I own too much. But if I sell, my boss might think otherwise your of me. Your boss will never know that you sold that. And even if your boss does know that. They can't do anything. They, and you know what? In in reality, these companies have been called on the table because some companies used to say that, um, you know, a lot of companies will match into 401ks. If you are contributing, they match. And the match money used to have to go into company stock. Mm -hmm. And the SEC made them stop that or, you know, in, in terms of protection for the investors because all of a sudden, you are working for a company, so you're dependent on your salary and your livelihood from this company. And then all of a sudden, a big percentage of your net worth is in company stock it's as scary. well. It really is. It's not a good thing. Diversification is key. Right, because on the other, and what the example that you just mentioned, Marion, you now are invested in something that you cannot control. That's right. And so as financial planners at Friedman Financial, what we do is work on the things that you can control so that the things that you can't control are only part of the overall strategy. I'm telling you, picking the mutual fund, stock, bond, whatever it is, we're doing that with good intentions, with a lot of education and understanding of your financial situation. But at the end of the day, what we can control, what you can control is how much you spend, what you can earn, how you support your children, how you live your life, those are the things that you can control. Well, you also can control in terms of investing, you can control your asset allocation. Absolutely. And that's something that you, you, you can control 
And you can keep it within a, a risk tolerance that you're comfortable with. Right. And recently there's been a story out that says the 60-40 allocation no longer works. 60-40 is dead. Now, how, how many, many times? <laughs> yeah, she's going to say the same thing. We but have the same. How many times have we heard that? You always hear it when yeah. the market is doing poorly. That's Or right. the market has had a tough year or two. So I remember, so when I first joined Friedman Financial, it was back in the year 2000. And 60-40 was dead then, too, because if you recall, 2000 was a terrible year in the market. 2001 was just as bad as was 2002. So, um, you know, 60-40 was dead back then. 60-40 died again. I'm not sure where it came back, because apparently, though, it still existed. Yeah. In 2008 to 2009, died again. Died again, right? Yeah. 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 And now recently, it's dead again. So, but those that did nothing and maintain their 60-40 portfolio that rebalanced along the way, allocated their portfolio to align against their overall financial situation, they are so happy, so pleased, because they've they've minimized the wild volatility, they've taken the emotion out of the investment strategy, and they've relied on us as their financial planning partners along the way. Right, and so, you know, and, and a lot of times, even though it's tough to do, it makes sense not to do anything. That's right. And so if now is the time for you to get serious about your financial planning, I can tell you we are here ready to help you. We're going to look at the big picture. We need to know everything about your financial life, not just asking us a strategy of how do I invest this money? We need to know it all because it's our obligation to place your interests first. We want to do that for you, we need to act as a fiduciary to place your interests first. And the only way that happens is when we know it all, but when you share it with us, you are going to feel an enormous sense of weight lifted off your shoulders because you know you have a partner on this journey to help you achieve your financial life. So if you'd like to reach out to us, certainly uh, give the office a call, 978-531-8108. That's 978-531-8108 to schedule your free initial consultation. Or you want to learn about us, you want to learn about how we work, what our fees are, the types of clients we serve. You want to get a fact finder about us, information about the firm, stories about us, listening to old podcasts, etc. All you need to do is go to our website, FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. That's going to do it for us today. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll see you back next week with more Dollars and Cents. Have a great day, everyone. Today's Dollars and Cents episode with Freeman Financial, your host may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.